Hey there, boys and girls. It is August 14th, 2016. Welcome to another episode of the Sunday Slinger Podcast. So, um, I always feel like I say that too fast. Does that even make sense? What? Sunday Slinger Podcast? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just babbling at some it point. It works. You know? People yeah. know what's going on by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome back, Joey. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks, man. What's up, dude? Yeah, this week our guest is Joey Espinoza. We had him. Um, what the hell? When were you here last? It was this year, right? Yeah, I think oh, it was yeah. uh, February sometime. Oh, really? What? Speaking of Valentine's Yeah, Day. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It could very well be six months to the date. Was Yeah, remember? Because we were all joking that we didn't have anything to do on Valentine's Day. It might have been. Was it? Yeah. It's I like think our it second was. Californian episode we had him on, yeah. really? No, well, that... that that night, yeah, mm-hmm. for Selena's Underground, mm-hmm. I think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, however, it worked out. Yeah. Um, but you're back with some more facts and shit. And again, it was a very, very time, like you say, it's what, what would you say, 60 something days before the election? Uh, yeah, I think it's like 80 something. Yeah. 80 something, yeah. And also, I just had a freaking shower thought this week. You know, I was just like thinking about the taxes, you know, like, wait, what the fuck? Why? Why would there be higher than just regular sales tax on, on marijuana? And um, so, yeah, then you reached out, and I was like, fuck yeah, dude, perfect time. So come on and talk about it. Um, so, yeah, so we'll be getting into that today, um, and hopefully we could shed some more light on it, because I'm actually curious. I mean, I honestly purposely didn't do too much research, because I was like, man, we, you know, I, I knew you were going to have... You got the documentation. <laughs> you got the paperwork. I have the documents. Yeah, like Alex Jones is over. Yeah. Um, but anyway, can, so just uh, plainly, how would the tax? Because right now, you go buy a box of cereal, they charge you nine point seven five percent tax or whatever, and and that's that. For how would that on the basic level? How would that work for for marijuana? Well, if it's legalized, you- yeah. So for cannabis, there's going to be different levels of taxation so you're going to have your general sales tax that you're describing basically yeah you're going to have your local municipality tax which are the city or the county will be imposing depending where you're at and then you're also going to have a state tax um and that's most likely going to be for both medical and recreational cannabis so for recreational cannabis you're going to be paying a excise tax is what they call it at the state you'll probably be paying some sort of tax to the local city or county and then you'll be paying a sales tax fuck Damn. So, um, and does the, the state and the county, how does, do they set their own rate or how does that work? Yeah, um, that's kind of like when we were talking before, what was going to be happening here locally was mostly focused on the medical cannabis side of things because obviously recreational hasn't officially passed yet. It's yeah. just on the ballot and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so six months ago, I was telling you guys about oh. what was probably going to happen and what we're trying to make happen. And now I can tell you what has happened, yeah. actually. Um, when we look at, the county specifically, Monterey County, and so th- this to describe this to people, um, there's something called unincorporated areas in your county, and then there's something yeah. called incorporated areas. Incorporated meaning a city that has its own police department. Unincorporated, if you call the cops, the Monterey County Sheriff shows up. So that's usually the best way for people to know the difference between the two. The difference between the city of Salinas or somewhere like Prunedale or Castroville is that Prunedale and Castroville are unincorporated. Why the city of Salinas is obviously incorporated with its own city, its own city charter, etc. Just yeah. to give people an understanding of what I'm talking about. So when you're looking at the county, 
Um, the county has officially voted and passed an ordinance for medical cannabis regulation, and they want to tax it at $15 per square foot for cultivation, and they're going to start off at uh, 5% gross receipts for dispensaries, manufacturing, distribution. Um, so that's what they're looking to do. Um, the city of Salinas is doing something very similar. They're taxing $15 per square foot, um, and then I believe... I believe they're going to start at 5 or 10% for the taxation on the uh, dispensaries. So that's what the local municipalities are going to be taxing. And then on top of that, we'll have sales tax for the in-retail user. And then we'll also have potentially the recreational tax if it's a recreational business. Police. And, um, well, and how, does, how do the people in the business feel? Because to me... I, I was uh, speaking here earlier, and to me, it seems almost like a sin tax. You know, we're like, I, I understand why tobacco and alcohol has a higher tax. You know, it obviously causes social ills that need to be paid. You know, somehow. And um, but it seems like, like, do people feel like that's fair? People in the industry, people are working this out, or is it more like, well, fuck it, this is what we have to do? Yeah, you know, kind of like uh, bending to the man's will. I'd say, from my experience, because I, 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 in case people don't know who I am, I'm the deputy director, deputy director of Monterey County Normal, and I'm the president of the Coastal Growers Association. So my point to that is, I'm around a lot of people in the industry, people yeah. in different facets of the industry, different categories of the industry. I would say it's about sixty, or maybe like seventy percent to thirty percent. Seventy percent are against it, and thirty percent think it's not that bad. Um, so most people are against it; they think it's too much, and. There's a couple of reasons they think it's too much. Um, one, when we're going back to the county specifically, digging in deeper to their ordinance, they have uh, language in there that says you have to basically have a greenhouse already on your property prior to all this regulation in order to have a greenhouse. So let's say I'm in the middle of Lockwood and I'm growing artichokes. Uh, which I actually know somebody who does that. A lot of people trip out. They're like, Lockwood, you can't grow artichokes. Is like I, a foggy-ass plant that. or some shit? What the fuck? No, it's not foggy in Lockwood. It's usually pretty warm. No, but um, doesn't uh, that artichoke grow in like, fog and cold and shit? I don't know. I don't know, but I think that's probably, to your point, that's why people trip out yeah. on that. that how does he do it? Uh, but anyway, let's say I'm him. I'm in the middle of Lockwood. I have already an existing certified organic artichoke farm, yeah. and I want to start playing in the weed game. I want to get into cannabis because now the county passed this ordinance. I cannot build a new greenhouse to allow me to start growing cannabis. I cannot grow cannabis outdoors because that's not allowed in the ordinance. All right? And then in his case, he's even in a zone that's not allowed. He's in uh, which a lot of people in Lockwood in our rural grazing or permanent grazing, and you have to be in farmland zone. So all those things prevent him from being able to grow cannabis. So that's another thing to keep in mind with this uh, when we talk about all the taxation going on and we talk about what people are upset about yeah. and what people aren't happy with. Um, and then... There's Real. like no way for him to get his foot no. in. Like, like well, you said because of the area, but say um, it was uh, the, the only stipulation right now was because he didn't have the greenhouse before it passed. Like, there's still no it, way for him to. Yeah, get Yeah, he would still he would still be zoned out, um, which a lot of people will be zoned out in this. But going back, mm-hmm. I, I kind of lost my point for a second. Going back to the point I was trying to make was <laughs> when we're looking at this taxation of fifteen dollars a square foot, and we're arguing that it's too high and too expensive. We're also looking at the fact that. We have to have this certain area, and we have to have a pre-existing greenhouse on it. The county's idea behind this was that we had a cut flower industry in this county for a long time, and eventually the bubble burst, and it went away, right? And so now, if you drive over by 
you know, Spence Road, Old Stage Road, Potter Road, a lot of areas like that. You see plenty of greenhouses that are really dilapidated. They look like shit. They don't Fuck look yeah. really good. And so what you're going to be allowed to do is rebuild on that existing footprint of greenhouse to build a brand new greenhouse, which a lot of people will probably do. They'll probably grow with what they have to work with, but eventually they're going to build a bigger greenhouse. Some yeah. people will build it, or excuse me, not bigger, but newer greenhouse. Some people will build it right off the bat. So my point to that is you're paying $15 a square foot on your tax, plus you're going to have the cost of re-innovating and building a brand new greenhouse. Plus, you're obviously in a regulated market so that now you're paying all your taxes, you're paying payroll taxes, you're having all these additional costs uh-huh. that the black market doesn't have to, have to deal with. So these are the reasons why we feel like the taxation is too high, especially to begin with. I mean, we're talking about just establishing this industry in a regulated fashion. So that's very, very burdensome on the person who's investing or the people that are setting up a uh, grow operation. Yeah, well, it seems like it's 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 being geared to where somebody that already has money, a big company, can invest in it, you know, and create just a, a, a cannabis branch, you know. Yes. And and um, and yeah. So again, that that's, dude, that's not that that's that'd be that was always. I remember you know growing up when it was, oh it's gonna be legalized or it's gonna be you know it's gonna be easier to get like no 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 the government's trying to figure out a way to get. In you know before they do that, and it seems like that's exactly what it is. And speaking of, I got the documentation. You know, not to be all conspiracy, Alex Jonesy shit. <laughs> you know, but it's just it it it's it's fucked up. You know that it, it's kind of using the 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 leverage of it still don't look totally. You know, there's still a portion of society that that like sees oh it's a drug. It's freaking, yeah, it's a, I mean it's a transition period we're going through, and this is what I tell people. I mean. It, you know, specifically when we talk about the recreational bill or, or even some of the stuff that's going on in our own county, you're not going to get the whole pie in one shot. I mean, we're talking about government. We're talking about politics. This is a process. Yeah. And the world that we live in is not the world that everyone else lives in, especially people like politicians and whatnot. Like, weed might seem like whatever to us. It might seem like a normal thing. If we walk by someone smoking a joint, we might be like, hey, who gives a shit? But the politicians and other people, that's a whole different world for them. They're going to be like, what the hell? Look at that piece of shit. What is he doing? I'm going to call the police or whatever it is. So we're going through the transition. People are getting used to it who aren't used to it. And we're getting used to the way that the world really works. I mean, getting getting a movement going, starting this process, lobbying politicians, etc. It takes time and it takes a a progressive period to deal with all of it. So, you know, it sucks. To your point, yeah, it does suck. But it's something we're going through. And and something that we at Monterey County Normal and Coastal Growers Association, we try to, to, to fight against or at least make sure our voices are heard in the same way that me and you are talking now. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm glad there's somebody out there because again, like I said, I it just it was just a thought that came to me. I I you know it, I just got stuck in the oh man, it's it's going to be legal in in my my county. It's going to be you know a lot easier for me uh, you know to get. But I didn't really think about the 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 whole thing down the road, you know, and then. Again, the, the 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 taxing to me is, is what really got me. Like, what the right. fuck? We can't. No, we can't tax. It, it's a great opportunity to, again to to legitimize a lot of people that that were riding kind of like the edge of of legality, you know, and a good opportunity for them to to get real legitimate business experience, you know, and right. and um and it, it it seems fucked up that it makes it kind of they're making it look almost set up for for the just another opportunity for rich investors to get richer you know right like instead of having you know especially when you look at the cannabis industry and what it traditionally was you know it traditionally was more of a cottage industry more of 
a lot of small players that kind of added all up to it. You know, a lot yeah. of guys growing small in their basement or in their maybe some guys had a warehouse and it was a collectively we grew a lot of weed, but there wasn't just massive producers on the market. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have that. I'm not saying that's not going to happen or should happen, but we should always leave room for that specialty grower, for the smaller people, for the boutique type of market. Yeah, again, our generation seems to be all about that, you know, and I love it. I love that, you know, you could go to the farmer's market and get, right. you know, locally made fucking candles or some shit, you know? Right. Like, it's just it's something different about it, you know, that instead of going to Target or Walmart, and getting you know one for a dollar seventy nine that was just made in this giant ass factory. Right. Um, no, but and and well, I I was super curious because uh, when when you messaged me earlier, you said you went on a tour. Oh yeah, fucking it was Chowchilla, right? Uh, Kalinga. Kalinga. I keep Kalinga. saying Chowchilla. Kalinga. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my what, first time there, by the way. Well. That's so, probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah probably a good thing, even, even as a visitor. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Kolinga State Prison, I guess it would be right? Uh, it's not a state prison. It was a private prison. It was called the Claremont Custody Center, Wait, what technically. What the fuck? Yeah. So. Uh, dude, you went to a private prison. I had heard that those things exist, and I was like, they're so weird to me. Uh, yeah. Um, what a weird country. So I, I went to Kalinga because um, the Bureau of Cannabis... Medical cannabis regulation. They just changed their acronym. These acronyms are fucking out of control nowadays. Yeah, it's hard yeah. for me to keep up. They had a stakeholders meeting. So this, the people that are ahead of the state department that are going to be in charge of licensing everything, they're having meetings throughout the state to try to include stakeholders and citizens and hear from everybody and, and talk about what's going to be going on at the state level as far as licensing and whatnot. And so they had a, a meeting in Kalinga. I think it was July 28th. And Kalinga was was uh, pretty close for me, so I went there and. Um, after the meeting, um, I was invited to a prison that they have there, and the prison just recently sold for about $4 million to a company called Ocean Grown Extracts, and they're going to obviously be growing cannabis, and they're going to be manufacturing oil in this prison. And <laughs> the fuck? They haven't, they haven't done really anything with the prison yet. It's still just basically like a, a big abandoned prison, um, but I got to basically tour that and walk around and see what it's like and... It was my number one, my first time ever going to a prison, whether I'm, I'm visiting or being an inmate or whatnot. Yeah. I've never, I'm, I've been lucky enough never to go there. Um, but number two, I got to tour it with um, a lot of the people who are going to be the head of the bureau of medical cannabis regulations. So the chief and all her assistants and all the people that are going to be basically working on the regulations and writing out licenses at the state level. I went to prison with them basically yeah so it was a really really cool experience just to be walking around a prison especially the nature of the cannabis industry and everything it's gone through to get this far i mean there were like bunk beds with still you know the little mattresses whatever or little cots whatever you want to yeah. call them because they're obviously not very thick and then um there was a room that i saw that had shelving to the ceiling and the ceiling was probably a little bit taller than this um uh, that we're in right now and they had um, jumpsuits folded in in the in the shelves like so the, a bunch of stuff was still there i was in the cafeteria i was in the the kitchen um and i was just walking around everywhere i mean that that was what really made it really unique like most people go to a prison even if they're visiting someone and it, you know you have guards and you can only go to certain sections and you yeah. have to get checked in before you go through this door and all that i was just wandering around a, a, a abandoned prison just going wherever i felt like finding shanks and shit <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was a really crazy experience, man. I I, I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. And what what are they going to do in that prison? 
They're going to grow weed and they're going to make oil. And but like they could grow weed in the cells and shit or Well, they're going to obviously renovate it and probably do construction and change it up so that it fits what they need, but That's I mean crazy. essentially, yeah, essentially where people were most likely serving some sort of term for a cannabis violation or a cannabis crime if you look at yeah. it as a crime. People are going to now be there making oil and growing weed in the same room, potentially. Imagine if you get a job at that company and you were locked up there before for, like, some weed <laughs> shit. You'd be like, oh, this is some fucking bullshit. Or, yeah. or some, is like... Is that ironic? You have some PTSD I don't in know there. what it would be. Yeah. Go crazy. <laughs> Dude. You don't know what happened to me here, man. Yeah. You'd be trying to fucking buy shit with soups and coffees and shit. Like, nah, dude. Yeah, no, it was it was it was crazy, man. I, like I said, I don't think I'll ever forget that. Um, and I've never been to Kalinga, so I, I it was pretty crazy to go there too. I mean, Kalinga's. I don't know if anyone's ever been there, but it's it's south from Salinas. It's it's kind of in the middle of the state, and it's super hot. It's really <laughs> hot there, and there's nothing there. You're basically in the middle of nowhere, more or less. There's not a lot around you, so what the fuck? it was. It was an interesting experience. I think I may have seen it on a map once or twice, but I have no idea where that is. You go down like Highway 101 South for a while, and then you go down 198, and you cut over into the middle, and it's just in the middle of California, basically. Central Valley? Central Valley. Yeah. Bunch of cows, I'm sure. And their their taxation rate is going to be similar to King City's rate, just since we're kind of talking about taxation. Um, so in King City, what they're doing is they're taxing you $25 a square foot for the first 5,000 square feet. And then they're taxing you $7.50 for any remainder square feet. So let's say you had a 10,000 square foot area. The first 5,000 is going to be 25 a square foot. The other 5,000 is going to be seven and a half. Um, so that's how they're going to be getting taxed over there in $25,000. It's a lot of money, dude. What the fuck? I think it comes out to $15 a square foot at an acre. comes out to about 652000 a year. That's uh, it's a lot of money. Um, so that's, that's why we're opposed to it, especially, like I said, th- these companies are new. They're just starting out. And, and honestly, most companies, if they even do make money, if they even do survive, don't make money until two, three, maybe four years in. And so that's just a regular company. That's not even a company that's going to have to deal with all the taxation that we're talking about with cannabis, where you're getting taxed from sales tax, you're getting taxed by the square footage, yeah. you're getting taxed at the gross receipts from the state and locally. So it's why we, we really opposed it. And um, so here's what's going to have to happen at the county level. Um, there's going to be, on the ballot in November, there's going to be a vote for local citizens to vote on the taxation of this. And they're not necessarily voting on the rate, per se. Uh, they're voting on a cap of $25 a square foot, and they're more, more or less voting on, are we okay with taxing medical cannabis or not? Are we okay with taxing this product? Um, and if they do say yes, and they do vote yes on this, then the ordinance will go through, and sometime in 2017, they'll prob- probably start issuing out local permits for this type of thing, as long as people can meet the requirements. If the taxation doesn't go through and if it's, people vote no, then it's going to go back to the moratorium, which is moratorium is a fancy word for a ban, prohibition, basically. Yeah. Um, it's going to go back to that, and then the Board of Supervisors are going to have to decide, what do we do from here, or do we just ban it? So in a lot of ways, we kind of want the taxation to pass, even though we're not necessarily in agreement with the taxation rate right now. Well, again, see, that's what fucking is bugging me. It's It's... It's it's that whole it's like uh what the fuck's that movie uh, saw you know where like you got to cut your arm off in order to survive <laughs> you know kind of thing like yeah 
You, you can go ahead and, and do what you keep doing it, but we're going to hamper your ability to do it. Yeah. And um, Well, and it, it kind of defeats the purpose a lot of ways. It, the way I look at it and the way that the Board of Supervisors and the people passing these laws should look at it. Yes, we can make money from this as a, as a, a community and we can have a community benefit, but a, lar- a large part of this should also be, the ideal should be, and the idea should be, we're fighting against the black market. We're taking back control of our community in a lot of ways. Like, the black market will always exist, don't get me wrong, but we can definitely affect it, and we can affect it by having regulated businesses. And instead of Cujo over here going around the alleyway and getting his eighth of weed, he can go into a regular regulated business and get his eighth of weed, right? Bro, I'm not that scummy. I go to an apartment, dog. (laughs) In an alley. In an alley. (laughs) No, An but apartment yeah. made of cardboard boxes. But yeah, like okay, like oh, okay, this is legal and regulated in our county, all and but now because of all the taxation and everything, it's thirty five dollars a gram. Why would I go do that when I could still get right. the dude down the way at twenty dollars a gram, right. or even even cheaper? You know, um, yeah. So at that point, who wins? You know, exactly. I mean, did did we really do any, anything? Anything good other than, than the, the county or the state or the city getting a little bit more change? And that, that's the point is like, uh, I mean, we, we know, me, me as an activist, I'm kind of just preaching to the choir to anyone who, who believes this, but <laughs> mo- most people, I think, in society know that the war on drugs doesn't work. And for the sake of this conversation, let's say the war on drugs is cannabis specifically. And we can talk about Portugal and different countries, but right now we're just talking about cannabis and the war on drugs. We know it doesn't work. We've had 40 plus years of that. It's not working. It's not making any less people smoke weed. We're not getting rid of any less weed than it used to be. It's just growing, growing, growing. And that's simply a supply and demand conversation. So why don't we approach it in a different manner, which is what we're potentially going to do here in Monterey County and Salinas and Greenfield and King City, et cetera. Let's approach it in a different manner. But we need to approach it in that manner where we understand we're working against the black market, right? We're working against them in a way that we have to compete against them to try to pull people away from that side of it and come over here to the regulated side where we have more control. So they have to approach it in that way. They can't just look at it as a cash grab. They can't just look at it as, you know, we need this money till we can do that. We, we, we need to approach it so that we're helping society. We're helping our communities. We're changing the way people think, and we're changing the way things work. And that's why we have to look at it in a more reasonable way. I would have liked to see this taxation rate somewhere along the lines of Humboldt County, or Calaveras County. So in Humboldt County, what they're proposing to do is they're doing a one-two-three model. They're going to tax one dollar per square foot for outdoor cultivation, two dollars a square foot for greenhouse cultivation, and three dollars a square foot for indoor cultivation. And the reason they're changing the rate at what they tax it based upon the way you grow it is because you can grow more or less depending on how you do it. If you're doing an outdoor crop, you're probably going to grow one to two times a year. Yeah. Harvest. You're going to harvest one to two times a year. Greenhouse. You can probably do year-round about four times a year. Indoor, you can do five, maybe some people that are really good six times a year. You can harvest a crop. So that's why we're taxing it a little bit more on the indoor versus the outdoor because they can pull off a little bit more product, which allows them to make a little bit more money. Um, in Calaveras County, they're taxing, doesn't matter how you're doing it, they're taxing it $2 a square foot. These are much more reasonable rates county is still going to make money that they weren't making before because there's already an industry in these counties. Monterey County already has a cannabis industry that exists, and it's in the black market. And so they have an opportunity to get a community benefit by getting tax from it. But if they try to take too much tax from it, they're not going to get much, and they're not going to make much of an effect on the black market. And a good example of this actually happened in Las Vegas. I saw a PowerPoint um, 
slideshow that was really quick, like five slides that kind of summarized it, and they, they did the difference between North Las Vegas and Central Las Vegas. Central Las Vegas being more of the area we're used to when we go to Las Vegas, the Strip, like yeah. where everything's cracking off. Central Las Vegas took, took an approach similar to Monterey County where they were taxing it very, very high, um, where really the only people that could probably play would be the big corporations, the people that have a shitload of money that can probably do it. They still don't want to pay that tax rate, don't get me wrong. They're businessmen. They want lower rates, but they can, they can fuck with it. North Las Vegas took much more of a friendly approach, a lower tax approach. Central Las Vegas had a higher population. North Las Vegas had a less. Central Las Vegas was expected to get a lot more tax revenue because of how busy and popular it was. North was expected to get less. Well, because the North Las Vegas um, municipality took a lower tax approach, a friendlier approach, they actually got way more applicants than they even expected. I believe they expected about 16 applicants, and they got about 50. And so they went from projecting around $6 million in revenue from taxation to somewhere around $19 million. Why Central Las Vegas actually had less people apply than they expected and made less tax rates than they expected. And if you look at the difference, it's simply because of the approach they took in the taxation model. Friendlier versus higher. And so that's what I, I would like to see Monterey County and the cities of Salinas, Greenfield, etc. take a lower tax rate. Because if you have a lower tax rate, you're going to attract more people. And if you attract more people, you have more likely of a chance to pick out the best ones, right? You have 100 people apply, you can try to pick out the best guys, the most qualified, the most professional guys. Yeah. But if you have a small amount, you don't get much to pick from. And so the, these are the points we're trying to make. And I have much more time on a podcast to explain it than I do in a three-minute public comment in a board of supervisors yeah. meeting or a 15 to 30 minute conversation with the supervisor in their office. So that's why I'm going YouTube more in depth video where you can explain I, yeah. the whole thing, you know, me and my partner yeah. in Monterey County normal thought, thought about doing a podcast just to talk about this stuff just right. a little more, more thoroughly. So I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, there's so much about it because I'm thinking yeah. like, what are the, the, the other companies like, the fertilizer companies or the soil companies or even the glass companies, you know, like, because this also, it's a ecosystem, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, you know, what their say is, or are they just kind of, like, anxious either way? I, I, I mean, it, it's... I'm sure the big ones and the, the, the really intelligent ones are paying attention to it. I'm sure the ones that are very narrow-minded are just waking up and going to work and opening the shop and trying to sell glass or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what they think exactly, but that's what's going on here locally. Um, and uh, what does it mean? I, I know you have, if if the legalization passes, what does that mean in terms of, um, of what is it, penalties, I guess you would say? You have you have a, a pretty dope chart right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot of, it's going to be, no no felonies, right? It seems like there's very, or was yeah, there any so felonies? Yeah, so I have a, I have a, um, a chart here, uh, I believe it was made by a, a man named Chris Conrad, who uh, is a cannabis expert witness. And basically what he has is two columns. He has a column that lists current criminal, pen- current criminal penalties based upon adult use activity, and then uh, penalties that will exist after the initiative passes. And again, remember, we're talking about recreational. We're talking about people that are 21 years old and up. We're not talking about medical. This isn't, yeah, this we're not talking about medical, if you have your yeah. medical card. This is just the average guy. Yeah. That doesn't have a medical card. This is if it passes in November. If it passes in November. This is me. Go ahead. So so an example of it, uh, if we look at like the first section that goes over four things, is possession of less than an ounce of cannabis. Um, that right now is a $100 ticket. And if it passes, it's going to be legal. You're not going to have to worry about a ticket. 
If you possess less than eight grams of concentrate, uh, you're looking at a misdemeanor of about <clears throat> potentially one year in jail or a $500 fine. Once this passes, or if this passes, that's just totally legal. So basically, if you look at these chart, uh, which people can find if they go to MontereyCountyNormal.org or if they check out our Facebook page, you can we'll post this so you guys can see this visually because this really is more of a visual document than yeah, me just sitting totally here. Yeah, explaining. yeah. I mean, reading it, it'd be kind of hard to understand, but um. yeah. So basically, long story short, what this initiative will potentially do is it will change a lot of misdemeanors to being legal. Uh, certain felonies will go from being felonies to being completely legal, and then certain felonies will change to misdemeanors. And so this is where a lot of people argue, and people even within our industry argue about this initiative, and this happens every time we try to legalize weed in, Can- in California. Um, initiative comes up, and 2010, I believe, was the last time. It was Prop 19. People within our industry were fighting against it because they felt like it wasn't good enough or it's too restrictive or it's this or it's not that and it should be. And same thing is going on with this. A lot of people in our industry are against it because they feel like it's too restrictive. It, right now, as it stands, that will allow you to possess six plants, grow six plants in your house and possess an ounce of weed and I believe possess eight grams of concentrate. Some people say, that's bullshit. I want to grow as many plants as possible. Yeah, this should just be yeah. like growing tomatoes. Some people say, that's bullshit. I, I can have as many artichokes at my house as I, I want. Why can I only have an ounce of weed and eight grams? So that's where people get in the argument. And then where the point that I made earlier is this is a process. It's going to take time. We're not just going to get the whole shebang in one shot. We've had plenty of time to do it. You know, We've had 20 years of, of Prop 215 and the medical marijuana scene. We've had time for people to get an uh, initiative together organize signatures, get on the ballot, but nobody's been able to do it. And not very few. In 2010, we had Prop 19, and now 2016, we have Prop 64. Um, so that's where people argue back and forth on it. Um, some people are against it, some people are for it, regardless of what you think of weed. It's, it's pretty interesting. No, and yeah, I, so I'm wondering, fuck. I, well, what's the difference is... If you guys are all at, like, say you're having a little get-together with friends, each one of you brings an ounce. There's six of you, and there's six ounces there. And the, the cop, can the cops raid that? Is, there, is anyone breaking any laws there? Um, I, don't, I, don't I, think, guess, I don't think the cops are, I highly doubt the cops are going to raid something like that. Yeah. They're, not, they're not looking for something like that, especially if recreational did pass. Um, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to sit here and yeah. try to make people, <laughs> yeah. you know, think. Oh, that one time Joey on the Slingers podcast, he yeah. said I can have. I'm not here to say anything like that, but I, I don't think you'd really have to worry about anything like that. Like that. Um, so, what I recommend people do, which nobody's going to do, because let's be honest, this is just how it works. But That's I recommend. <laughs> I recommend you go find the full text, which if you contact Monterey County Normal or go to our website, you'll find it. Um, Go read the text. It's 64 pages, and it describes how the regulations work as far as this recreational bill. Read it and decide for yourself what you want to vote. Do you want to vote yes? Do you want to vote no? I'm not here to tell you yes or no because I'm still undecided myself. I'm still reading it. It takes time. Most people don't want to read that much Especially stuff. Especially not being lawyers. Shit. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then going back to our whole tax discussion, because so, this is, would be completely yeah. different than our, the tax thing we talked about, which was the, the medical cannabis thing. So if this passes, is that, do we have another round of that? Do it go, does it go back to the, the, the counties to do that? Or 
Does well, the state say all all recreational is taxed at X amount? Regardless of, of rec or medical, it's always going to be local control. You're always going to have cities and counties that can either say, we ban this, we don't want any rec shops here, or we're cool with it and we'll regulate it. And they can regulate it usually within the same structure as the state regulates it, whether that's a legislature bill or that's a voter initiative. Either way... They're going to follow those rules. So Salinas could just say, we don't want any recreational shops here. We ban that, regardless if the state passes it or not. So it's going to be very similar to what we've had with medical cannabis, right? 1996, technically, Salinas could have opened dispensaries if it wanted to. Yeah. But it took 20 years before we even got some sort of ordinance in Salinas for medical cannabis. Well, we're so, a little bit slow. We'll look at our, <laughs> look at our sidewalks. Dude. It, could, it, could have been, it could be very similar to recreational is my point. But luckily, I think they're going to get used to experiencing cannabis and having some sort of industry regarding cannabis here, and they might be more open to recreational. Um, but to go into your point on the taxation, if this recreational bill passes, I, I should say adult, adult use. What we're using is the word adult use nowadays instead of recreational. I guess that pulls better. Um, Sorry, 19-year-olds. Yeah, adult use, not Sniff recreational. glue like normal kids. So that, means, that means 21 and over? 21 and over, just, uh, like, just like alcohol. Like I'm saying like eight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, eight. just like alcohol. Um, so it would impose a 15% excise tax for recreational, or excuse me, adult use uh, operations. And currently how it exists in California as far as medical is you can get your state ID card from your county health department, but that's voluntary. You don't have to do that necessarily to be legal. You just have to go to a licensed physician and get a written recommendation, which is basically a letter saying Cujo here should be smoking weed because X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Um, what they're doing is really trying to incentivize people to start getting that state card because the state card is just a little bit further. It's a little bit more serious. It's an extra level of verification. Um, and so the way that they're encouraging people to do that is if you have a state card and you're officially a medical cannabis patient with that state ID card, you won't be subject to the 15% excise tax that a recreational oh, user shit. would be subject to, right? So that would take that off, but you would still be subject to any taxation based upon the local city or county. Right, so in, in Salinas, I think they're looking at like five or ten percent. Um, the county's looking at five to ten percent that they're going to be taxing the dispensaries. That the dispensary will ultimately pass down to the end consumer. Um, along with that, they're going to be taxing the growers, um, the adult use growers. And they're going to tax them at a rate of nine dollars and twenty-five cents per ounce of marijuana flowers and two dollars and seventy-five cents per ounce of marijuana leaves, which is essentially trim. Um, that comes out to roughly $148 per pound that you would be taxed as a grower. So if you grow 10 pounds, you're going to be paying 148 times 10 yeah. to the state. Yeah. Plus you'll be paying, if you're in Monterey County, for example, you'll be paying $15 a square foot to the county. And those are going to be the tax rates you're going to be looking at. But, see, again, that's where I... I that's what that that's what didn't sit right with me, and I was wondering about it. And yeah, because again, I I mean I, I haven't done the math. I'm just hearing the, the numbers right now. But again, if if it's people are going to go with what's cheaper, right? I mean, and it's it's not that big of a deal, you know, to find somebody just that'll sell you a fucking eighth. Um, so yeah, so I, it doesn't make sense. It's like go, at best we're going sideways, you know. Right. It, it, it seems like. Um, and it seems like the cities and the counties are more like, well, we're getting more money. Instead of thinking about it, you know, again, progressively looking at the future, look, look, look what's going to happen, you know. Start low. You know? Well, I mean, what's going on is, is just 
that transition of change. I mean, this, this is the way I, I sum it up. Again, the war on drugs, we know it doesn't work. We know it hasn't worked. And so I think even the government knows that it doesn't work now, especially looking at local government like Salinas, Monterey County, et cetera. And so what they've, what they've come to the conclusion of is if you can't beat them, join them, but tax the shit out of them. Right? That's, yeah, that's like basically what win. we're looking at. Nah. That's what we're looking at. And so I, we've, seen it in, we've seen it in places like Colorado and other places that are a little ahead of us as far as regulating this stuff. They usually start out with a really high tax rate, and then over time they're like, oh, shit, maybe that is a little too much. Let's dial it back. Yeah. And that's what's probably going to happen here. Um, me and my organization and the people I work with, our job and our duty is to try to prevent that from happening here as much as possible. But that's kind of looking like what's going to happen. We, we are going to continue to lobby the Board of Supervisors to lower this tax rate because they still are allowed to take a vote and lower it. It doesn't have to start at $15 a square foot as long as they vote and they decide that they can lower this. And we're going to continue to lobby them and explain to them everything we're talking about here as to why they should be lowering it. Well, if it's work other places at $3 a square foot and $2 a square foot, you know, even if you do five, which is what 66% off of the, that original tax, you're still higher than the, the other places where it's worked. So, you're, you know, you still have right. a chance to make money. And if... You could raise it incrementally at that point. Okay, well, five, you know, wasn't doing it. Again, I I don't know. Well, and the other thing you got to be careful with raising it is uh, we know that cannabis prices are going to be dropping. I mean, the more people that get in it, especially at the the higher level, you know, like I said, this is really a boutique industry. It's it's a lot of growers that are growing 1,000 to 5,000 square feet roughly. Now we're looking at the opportunity for people to be growing at half an acre, maybe a couple acres, depending on how they have everything set up. So we're going to have a lot more cannabis produced than we used to and a lot more people getting into it, and they're getting into it at a high commercial level, which is going to ultimately lower the price of cannabis over time. And so it's, it's counterintuitive to tax it higher over time considering the price of it is going to be lower over time. When it gets lower, that means we have less margin. When we have less margin, we make less money. When we make less money, we can't pay as many taxes. And so we really have to... Th- just even more of a point to my my point about lowering the tax rate when we begin is start at like you said five dollars a square foot maybe that would be a little bit more reasonable and then two three years of data actually having a regulated industry let's look at what is possible what what could we tax these guys at where we get a little bit more money for enforcement or a little bit more money for for regulating this but we're not killing these businesses um starting off at fifteen dollars to me just seems like way too high to begin with with the industry that you're not exactly sure of how it's going to go you know, so we need to look at look at the data, look at the statistics, and then tax based on that, not just based on hiring a consultant and getting some numbers from him. Yeah, and also in an industry where you really can't go to like Bank of America and say, "Hey, no. I need a quarter million dollar loan." Not I got this fucking idea. This is my experience. You know, the cannabis industry can't can't bank at all right now. It can't. You can't do anything. A lot of people um, try to find workarounds and do certain things, but. I mean, in so many ways, there is, there's really no way other than money laundering to work in the banking system. Because think about it. If you're telling us we cannot use banks, then there's no other way but laundering money. Technically, if you're looking at the technical definition of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you go into a bank and you set up a bank account and you kind of fabricate what kind of business you have in order to get your cannabis business a bank account, that's technically money laundering. Yeah. So... Yeah. They're, they're, they have an industry that is wanting and willing to pay taxes like any other industry, 
But this industry has to break the law in order to abide by the law. It's a complete clusterfuck. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's federally illegal, but these businesses are supposed to pay federal income tax. The IRS will come after you if you're not paying federal income tax. Even if you're a cannabis business. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, they just, they can't, it, that, again, it's, it's that conspiracy. It's not a fucking conspiracy. <laughs> they just want to get their fucking hands in the fucking money pot. They really do. Um, and it's fucked up. I get ultimately, like, like you said, it's not, because people, sometimes I think it is a big industry and it makes a lot of money. But ultimately, when you look at it, like, compared to fucking smartphones or something, you know, or construction, like, it's it's really, it's, it's not a major, ginormous, like, to the overall national GDP, it's, it doesn't... It could be. Me. Yeah, I think no, it could uh, be. It, well, it could be, but, again, the fact that it's not, it's, it's it like you said, it, it goes to that, it's a cottage industry, it's, you know... Right now, yeah. It's like fucking dairy or something, you know? Like This, this is this is something that I point, I try to make to politicians and, and, and people about this, too, is because when they're... What they're doing is that they're establishing a brand new industry. This is just like alcohol, you know, back in the 30s, right? We're establishing a new industry, and so the only data, really, the really only concrete data that they have to go off of is data that doesn't exist because the data is within the black market, the ether of the black market. Like, we don't know exactly how this works. We have a rough idea, though. Yeah. And so when they're developing these regulations, they're developing on a black market, which has tremendous margins, if you want to sell 10, 20, 100 pounds of weed in the black market, you can make a lot of fucking money. And the reason is because you have huge margins. And the reason you have huge margins is because it's not regulated. And because it's not regulated, you don't have to pay tax. You don't have to deal with all this shit we're talking about, about the $15 a square foot and that percentage of this and the building permit and the payroll taxes. You have none of that. So when we're transitioning, you can't tax us as if we're a black market. Because we don't have that anymore. We don't have those margins. You have to tax us as if we're a regular, regular, regulated business, right? Because now I'm playing in the game and I have to do everything to stay compliant, you know? Yeah. And when you add all those components to, to it, your margins get eaten up real quick, man. I can tell you as a business person and anybody who's been in business, your employees and, the, and a lot of people, they don't, they don't see the behind the scenes. They don't see the numbers. They don't understand. You can pull in $10,000 a day, but what's left over is what makes or breaks you as a business. You, know, you don't want to pull in $10,000 a day and then have $500 left over for yeah. yourself after you pay everybody and your employees and everything. What's the point of doing business at that point? You might as well get a regular job, make more money. So that's something that's really important to consider. And also, I think the war on drugs has also, even the general public that, that doesn't know much about weed or anything, the fact that like when there's a raid or something and they, they weigh the whole plants in the soil and everything... You know, so, like, they get, like, ten plants, and it was, like, it was, like, a hundred fucking pounds of weed, you know? And then they say it was, it was a street value of, like, $18 million. <laughs> like, they always do that, you know? Yeah. And I think it fucks with people's minds where it's, like, well, what the fuck? Why shouldn't they pay more taxes? This guy lost fucking, uh, you know, $50 million worth of weed, and he's still fucking living. You yeah. know, but it's, like... It's all about the money, man. Just follow the money. And, and that, that goes for the police department, too. And the reason the police department is doing that and the reason they're saying those numbers is because they have quotas to meet and they have budgets and they want to keep those budgets. And they have to have headlines in the newspaper and shit showing them that they're getting shit done and that they took all this shit off the street. And the higher that they, they can say they took off the street, the better of a job they're doing, right? So let's yeah. say they had $18 million. Let's fabricate it a little bit or let's just exaggerate it a little bit. 
go from there. And I'm not saying all police are bad. I'm not saying any of that by any means. I'm just saying the way the system works and the way people have to work within the system is the problem. And that's, that's where we're talking about addressing it through these regulations, but doing these regulations in a, a strategic, intelligent way, not just a, a crazy way. Well, yeah, and again, and we're we're doing this because because whoever you can be involved, you know that that's yes. what again. In, instead of sitting there and complaining or 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 talking about I could do, you know, I would have done this or or whatever it might be, you can get involved. It's it's at such an early level, you know, right right now, uh, like you know, again, like you've said, there's eighty something days to the to the election. It's a great time, you know, for people to start learning about it. Right. Um. But anyway, so the, the, you said normal Monterey County dot org. Monterey County normal dot org. Monterey and normal normal is an acronym. Normal is N O R M L dot org. That stands for the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Yeah, and again, you're also on Facebook. Facebook. You know. um, we're we're pretty much everywhere. It's not very hard to find us. Um, and just to give people an update on Salinas specifically, the city of Salinas, because this is the yeah, Salinas yeah. Underground yeah, podcast. Salinas has officially passed their ordinance. They'll also have the tax rate being on the, the ballot, so you'll be able to vote on that as a Salinas citizen. And they had opened their applications for dispensary cultivation and manufacturing on, I believe it was June 6th, and they closed it on July 6th or 7th. And they've had, I think it was around 12 people that applied. Um, so we, we are in the process, the city and whoever they're hired, are in the process of reviewing applications, and they will hopefully by fall uh, start the process of choosing who's going to be the first dispensary in Salinas, the first cultivation facility, and the first manufacturing facility. So in Salinas, um, you know, easily by by probably the first quarter of 2017, you'll start to see some sort of businesses open up. And the only reason I say it'll take some time is because they got to go through the selection process, and then any, anybody who gets the permit is most likely going to have construction due on the building and things like that, which yeah. require building permits. And again, it's all a process; it all takes time. But sometime in 2017, I would say definitely before the summertime, we will officially have a dispensary in Salinas that we can all visit if we do have a medical card. And have they narrowed down where in town they're going to be? Well, downtown. all the downtown. Go ahead. No, I, I highly doubt that. I don't think the. Who is it? The Downtown Association or Old Town Association? I'm sure there's some sort Salinas of association. City Center. Some sh- it's they don't want that shit in downtown, but uh, at least not yet. Um, we don't know where exactly because all of these applicants have their own locations, their own proposed locations that they're applying with. So I don't know where all of them are going to be. I have an idea where a few of them are going to be just because of what I do, but um, they're going to have to be, going, going by the ordinance, they're going to have to be at least 1,000 feet away from a school from a park, from a daycare, um, from a smoke shop, all kinds of stupid shit like that. So there's only so many places in Salinas that you can put something like that yeah. based on that criteria is my point. So you're going to be looking at more industrial areas, more. Yeah. You're not going to be like going to Target and Starbucks and then <laughs> walking over to the dispensary most likely because it's Sick. very difficult. I can tell you as somebody, uh, I also do a lot of consulting and things like that in the cannabis industry and I, I've worked with people that have applied for the permits here in Salinas and I... I can tell you it's very difficult to find a location based on those parameters in Salinas. There is liquor stores all over the place in this town. When you really look at it on a map and start figuring out where liquor stores are and where schools are between those two things and you have to be so far away from them, it's hard. It's really hard. Fuck yeah. I could, uh, damn, uh, 
fucking thing. Well, I mean, I guess, I, I guess it's, it's fucking progress, and it is, um, it is. And then that money goes straight into the general fund, right? There's no correct. correct. It's I, and they usually do that because it's I guess just easier I guess for them. But yeah, it makes yeah. Sense. a lot of people don't want that. We'd rather it go specifically somewhere, but that's what happens, you know. Um, so so we'll see. And then looking at the other cities within the county, um, Gonzales is looking at the same tax rate, the fifteen dollars a square foot. Greenfield, same thing, fifteen dollars a square foot. And then King City, uh, as we mentioned earlier, has about a variable or a, a rough average of 11 and 40 cents 47 cents per square foot and that's based on 5000 first 5000 square feet being 25 $25 a square foot and the rest being 750 a square foot so i mean we have the county we have salinas gonzalez greenfield and king city so that's five different entities that are going to regulate medical cannabis that were not regulating it before so we are making progress and we'll continue to lobby and educate these guys on how and why they should make some more changes to make it more reasonable. Um, but it, it, we're getting there, man. I mean, like I said, I think the last podcast, this this county and this area, as far as cannabis and stuff like that, has traditionally been known to come on vacation, leave on probation. Like, it's this has not been that place to be as far as that goes. So things are changing. And, and Santa Cruz, coincidentally, has kind of flipped the script. A lot of people from Santa Cruz want to come over here now because they like the regulations over here a little bit more than Santa Cruz because it's getting crazy over there. It's not quite as as calm and cool and collected as it used to be. So, do you know specifics like what's going on over there? Uh, I don't know as many as I should, just because I've been so wrapped up in our own county. Oh well, yeah, you're. Um, here, but <laughs> basically, from what I've heard from people over there, is the the politicians over there try to make changes to the regulations, and the people weren't happy with them. And the people organized, and they got a referendum on what they tried to pass. So that means basically they collected enough signatures to reverse what the legit, what the, the the government officials were trying to pass. So they had enough citizens to be like, no, 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 wait a minute, we don't want to do that That's shit. Crazy. And so, so it's like back to normal. So it's kind of back to normal. But what happened was the sheriff. Oh, there's more. <laughs> from what I've heard, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> the sheriff, oh, from, from what I've heard, didn't really take kindly to that, and the sheriff went raiding a lot of different places in Santa Cruz. Um, And some people even claim that he was raiding it based on the regulation that was supposed to pass but didn't pass. And so there's just a lot of shakeup going on over there, a lot of problems going on over there um, as far as that goes. So it's it's just not quite as peachy as it used to be in Santa Cruz. And so Monterey County is, is... Monterey County is actually pretty attractive to a lot of people. I think now that this tax rate that it currently stands it's not quite as attractive as it was going to be but there's been tons of people that have been looking into investing in monterey county greenfield and other areas here because they're looking to the future they're looking to recreational and then what better place to set up your huge cannabis empire but monterey county i mean it's already a huge ag you know town we already have the infrastructure we're used to it i mean it makes a lot of sense we have the climate there's people from you know, Colorado that are coming over here. There's people from all over the place that are coming here. I know uh, an investor that's based out of Chicago that had people approaching him and his investment group that were trying to get funding for greenfield projects. So, I mean, it's it's crazy, man. Like, it's one year from today, it's going to be a whole nother world as far as cannabis goes here. It's called Greenfield because they were looking into the future. That's right. It's that finally, yeah. gonna, <laughs> finally kicking in. Yeah. Finally. To, to me, well, and also... I don't know if I keep, I want to say umbrella effect because it just sounds like it it, it matters. I, but I'm thinking again, if all of a sudden there's you know 
dispensaries here in Salinas, and there's uh, manufacturing facilities up and down the valley. Um, all of a sudden, there's going to be a need for graphic designers because there, there's going to be logos. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's going to be more printing going on. All of a sudden, um, if so, so many of the, the edibles, you know, so many of the edibles are all homemade stuff. So, you know, all of a sudden, you're going to have chocolate makers or, or candy makers or something. Right. And they don't necessarily have to stick to cannabis-infused products. That's what, you know, right. all of a sudden, you, this guy can, can have the the next Girardelli, you know, could come out of, of Monterey County right. because somebody got their start in the, again, in this industry, which, again, I think is a, another big reason why, fuck, we should really, as a, as, as a people, should start th- thinking about the taxing, you know? Like, right. This is an excellent opportunity for people to get into an industry. And, it, again, you don't necessarily have to stay in it. Um, you don't, you know, you could be like, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't really agree with it too much, but I, I've always wanted, you know, I've always been good at Photoshop or some shit. You know? Right. So it's like you don't have to be in like growing, you know, growing uh, marijuana yourself. But I mean, it, it has the opportunity to open up all these other, you know, job opportunities for. Yeah, for I think it, it's like a domino effect or a ripple effect, you know, where a new industry emerges and then it just ripples off and it affects so many other businesses that that industry is going to need like you're saying you know you're going to need construction you're going to need graphic designers you're going to need a point of sale system you're going to need a security system and et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. and obviously those businesses alone the medical businesses alone are going to need employees and that's the other thing that we're talking about here when we're talking about regulating this is creating jobs right what do politicians love they love tax revenue they love creating jobs all kinds of shit that gets them reelected right cannabis industry can create plenty of jobs but again the more you burden these industries with too high of a tax rate, the less people we're probably going to be hiring. You know, the less people we're going to be afford be able to afford to hire. The more automation and machinery we're going to be looking to get because it's cheaper than hiring somebody. Yeah. So that's the other balancing act that I think that the county and the cities need to look at is, is if you tax it too high, not only are you not going to have as many businesses participating, but you're not going to be creating as many jobs, which is going to be thriving, helping your economy thrive. So. We'll see what happens. I mean, again, the politician, or excuse me, the board of supervisors specifically can take a vote at any time and lower this tax rate, and that's what we want them to do. And that's part of why I'm saying it here on the Salinas Underground podcast because we're going to get that in their minds, and hopefully they start to understand it. Something interesting to keep in mind talking about politics in this area is uh, two long-standing board of supervisors that have been here for many, many years are going out in 2017. Dave Potter in District 5 is going to be getting replaced with Mary Adams. And Fernando Armenta in District 1 is going to be getting replaced with Luis Alejo. And so we're going to be having somewhat of a shakeup at the Board of Supervisors just in the fact that two new people are going to be added to it. Um, I forget how long Potter was was in office, but it was a very long time. Ar- yeah. Armenta was at least 16 years. Um, so both of them that were about... Was like a- city council member before that yeah he, right? he district that? one yeah. is basically salinas he basically covers the salinas yeah. area dave potter uh district five basically covers karma valley big sur area um so i just bring that up because the nature of what i do and activism and whatnot i'm just i'm always working with politicians paying attention to what's going on and who i'm going to be having to talk to to help try to change the laws so that's something that's interesting to see in monterey county seeing two new people come in and and some fresh blood and I'm, you know, it's politics. Everybody has a, a this is good, this is bad opinion, but 
it's just cool to see a change. Well, and then Luis Alejo, again, I love the guy. I, I know the guy, and he's a cool guy. But um, he's only here cause, until his state assembly run, um, which it could be a positive thing because he can, he can kind of learn here in this county. He it, can see what it's like. And, and if he, yeah, I you think know, he probably wants to go even further than that because he was an assembly member before being a board of supervisor. So he may want to... What, what is his, his next... What, Senate, yeah, the Senate, yeah, yeah. He's, he he's, wants to he's be looking to level senator. up, yeah, yeah. And he could say he fucking does it all he wants. It's fucking, it's okay, dude. It's yeah, okay, but but um, but again, that's that's a that would be a powerful position, and and to have somebody that is in a county that has really progressive uh, cannabis laws, you know, that could be a really valuable resource when he goes up to the state level, right? And um, and he's a reasonable, he's a cool guy. I, I mean, I've only met him one time. I went to a fundraiser one time and met him and then, you know, hung out with him at Applebee's and had some beers afterwards. I mean, yeah. that experience alone he makes me feel like he's beers. a cool guy. Um, but I don't, I don't know him super well, but, I, you know, we'll see what happens. What, what, what's going to tell me he's a cool guy is in t- 2017 when I go in there and I tell him all this shit. And he's like, I totally agree. And then we have those board of supervisor meetings and then he actually backs it up. Because that's, that's the big thing with, with, with politicians, right? They'll tell you whatever you want to hear to get you out of their face. But when it actually comes time to vote, where it actually comes time for them to speak on that panel or that, that board of supervisor meeting, that's when you know that they really had your back or not. And so that's when we'll find out. And this one, I, I mean, you may not know this. Cujo, this is probably more your world. I'm just, and I'm just actually joking with you. But, um, uh-huh. <laughs> got all like, yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, Armenta or uh, Alejo for Armenta, kind of similar things, you know, liberal Democrat type dudes. And, um, but... Potter for Adams is that because was Potter he was like a well the Carmel Valley I would assume he's a conservative yeah and do you know is Adams is Mary she, Adams um, I've talked to her I mean she seems really cool again we'll see what happens when they actually get in there and do stuff but I, I believe Mary Adams was also on uh, was she the CEO or she was she was a part of the United Way she was she was a part of the United Way organization as well so I would think she's probably more of a Democrat yeah more liberal yeah. Um, but she seems she seems really cool. Talk, just talking to her just seems really down to earth, and I get a really good vibe off of her. But we'll see again. Yeah, because I mean, in this county, it's weird. It's a it's a coastal California county, but we're really pretty fucking conservative. You know, usually yeah. the the thing is the opposite. You know, usually you know, oh, liberal fucking well, you, surfer you, bro thing. We're coastal, but we also have the big ag. ag yeah. You know, and ag is always going to be real conservative, yeah. and ag has a ton of money and. Again, follow the money to find out what's going to be going on. You know, they'll find out. You can take like a form four hundred and sixty, I think it is, and find out who donated to these politicians when they're running for office, right? See who's backing them, and that's how you're going to see what's going on. Dude, and I'm glad you bring that up because I that, that's so awesome. You could do that so easily. I, yeah, I, I can't <laughs> think of any hard. websites nowadays, and and some people think like. Because you can see personal information, you're like, oh my god, you're like hacking or anything, dude. This is public, public information. Yeah, yeah. This is all in in public, and anyone that donates knows that it's public, and it's it's really good to know that. I I um the the, the city council race right now, fucking right. Chevron has donated to somebody running it for Salina City Council, and I'm like. When I saw that, like, what the fuck? Wait, why? 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 And then so, like like you're saying, follow the money. You're like, wait, what the fuck, Chevron? What's going on here? And then tomorrow, Monday, there's a meeting at Salina City Hall with Chevron, 
It's like, what the fuck's going on, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah no, uh, again, I, I encourage people, one website that I know for sure, catransparency.com, California Transparency, but catransparency.com, it has all the, the salaries of all the public employees. So you can go to the city of Salinas, look at all the salaries and all that, and uh, again, it's all out there publicly. This is our right. money, you know? Right. If we are going to force uh, growers or or you know, cultivators or whoever to pay fifteen dollars a square foot. We should know again what this money is going. It, it's a smart trick of them putting it in the general fund, you know, because mm-hmm. they could just go into it's retail sales. Oh, our right. retail sales went up five percent. Well, I so, don't know. something that's that interesting about like the county money laundering to me. Right. <laughs> right? Well, you know, government what, style. You know what some yeah. people say about the cannabis industry? You know how we talked about we can't get bank accounts and all that. The weed industry can't get bank accounts. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to pay a tax to our county. And so the way it works at the bank is usually even if you are messing with cannabis in any way, shape, or form, they don't want to do business with you. So I'll give you an example. I know a gentleman who is getting into insurance for the cannabis industry who's been in health insurance and things, and then Obamacare passed, and he says it's it screwed up his business, and so now he's moving on to cannabis trying to find a new niche to uh, get, go to. Well, he's he was, he was very naive to the whole banking problem of cannabis, and he went into one of the... the one of the bigger banks that he's banked at for like 15, 20 plus years. And he went in there all excited and told the local branch about what he's doing and how he's getting into cannabis insurance and this and that. And they were like, cool. And they set up his bank account. And then the compliance, you know, which is corporate, higher level up, basically figured it out. And they closed his cannabis business bank account. And also the bank account that he had with the bank that had nothing to do with cannabis that he had for like 15, 20 plus years. Fuck. They shut it all down <laughs> because they just were like, what? You're fucking with weed? Okay, no, we can't do that. We're closing down your bank accounts. Wow. So going back to your point where you're like, oh, it sounds like money laundering. Yeah. Something that some people have brought up. I know I'm saying it's money laundering, but it's an interesting point, an interesting perspective to think of. If I'm a cannabis operator and I can't have a bank account and I have to pay you, let's say in a 10,000 square foot setting, I have to pay you 150 grand in tax a year and I'm paying it to the county and the county takes that money. It puts it in a bank account somewhere, right? But now isn't the county taking money from the cannabis industry and putting it in the bank account just the way that this insurance guy was, per se? And so how does that work? So that's something that someone actually brought up to me about four or five weeks ago. And so it's like, it's interesting. What bank is the county using or the city using? You know what I mean? Because they're taking money from the cannabis industry and putting it into a banking establishment. But they're not getting their bank account shut down, obviously, because they're a city or their county. Who's going to shut them down? You know? But it's just something interesting to think about. Well, it's yeah, it's crazy when when it, all of a sudden it comes to to the the state, it the rules are slightly different, you know. It's yeah. like I thought we're supposed to be a government of the people, by the people, for the people, you know. Well, have you seen not to kind of go off topic, um, and it's probably not a good topic to segue to, especially what we're talking about. But oh. fuck it, it's the Salinas Underground podcast. Yeah, hell yeah. When we're talking about uh, firearms and whatnot in California. I believe there was something, I didn't follow it too much, but I believe there was something in there where they're trying to, to, to make it even harder to get guns or whatever it is, but they're putting exemptions in for certain politicians and for certain levels of government that you're in. You don't have to follow certain rules that a regular citizen has to follow. The fuck? So that's kind of like what you're talking about. The, wasn't it that Leland Yee or whatever the dude just got, like, state senator got busted for fucking trying to traffic grenade launchers and shit? Oh, man, I didn't even hear about that. What the yeah, I think his fuck? name was Leland Yee. 
and this dude he he, was he became like, a, no, like get it. Well, yeah, he became like he became like a state senator or something. But it cost like half a million dollars for him to run his campaign. So he got money from the triads. He got like a fucking loan from the triads. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So the, and so they were like, all right. And he was like, dude, I can't pay that back. Obviously. So they're like, cool. You don't have to pay it back. We just need a fucking. We need to get some uh, rocket launchers from fucking. Uh, Asia to the East Coast. Oh, he's still paying it back. He's just not paying it back with money. Yeah, he's paying it so back he with fucking, connections. Yeah, so he like somehow used his fucking connections to sign off on it, but the FBI caught on, and dude's doing like ten years now. Like he recently, like two weeks ago, got sentenced. Like it, it, like it's barely going oh, that's on. That's been going on. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's. I'll look it up, dude. Man. And he was one of the top fucking anti um, weapons dudes. Like <laughs> one of the guys that like he made like the 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 assault ban fucking all that. He was yeah. He was like one of the the top guys that that was anti weapons in in the state of California. And he was like, dude, yeah, this no, is fucking ridiculous. He's That's happened plenty game. of times in this country, right? I mean, look at the mafia. Look at all these. We have plenty of examples of history to talk about. You know, the infiltration of I'm government. Thinking that was on purpose. What if, like, by by being the biggest anti-gun person, well, that's a, yeah. He like can push these and like pay off more you of. You see his it debt, all the time. You see you it know? all the time. All the dude. <laughs> the people on TV, the Christian fucking televangelists that are that hate gay dudes the most, are sucking the most dick. <laughs> <laughs> Always happens. Always yeah. fucking happens, dude. Always fucking these dudes get caught in like a fourteen dude gangbang, and it's like <laughs> it's not even regular gay shit. Yeah, but they. I mean, like it's their people. purpose is. I don't know what the hell their purpose is. I'm saying that guy did it because he would pay off his debt faster. Well, that's yeah. what he was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have the money. Well, dude, it's the triads. Yeah. We can do die or do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> die in office, so it looks like an assassination. That's kind of fucking right? scary, though, because, like, <sighs> damn, that's a lot of power. This is a state senator, you know? Like, he could go to the CHP and be like, dude, they're fucking, yeah. someone's fucking sending me some shit. They're trying to extort my ass. I, one thing, one thing I want to so talk scared. about, um, again, is, is, and the reason I want to talk about it is because I haven't really been involved in, in politics and in, in lobbying and going to board of supervisor meetings and city council meetings until I got involved in this cannabis stuff. Like it's been about a year, maybe maybe a year and three months or so that I've been really actively involved in it, and I've learned the difference between unincorporated areas, incorporated, all all that type of shit. Yeah. And I've met a lot of politicians, and I think we talked about them last time, but we talked about um, what was his, I forget his last name, Fernando, the mayor of uh, Watsonville. Hernandez. Fernando Hernandez, who I think is a really cool guy. I've talked to him. He seems like a cool guy. It's Felipe Hernandez. I'm sorry, Felipe. Felipe. Felipe Hernandez. So anyway, my point to all this is, what do you guys think about what's going on in Salinas right now? As far as all this crime, it seems like it's getting a little bit crazier than normal in these past two weeks. To Uh, me, I... I We're going for the record, just like the Rio, right? So There's one thing, um, aggravated assaults, which you know, pretty much any violent act against another person will never be as high as they were. Well, I don't know about never. Salinas is going to keep growing, but they haven't been as high as they were in the mid '90s. N- not even fucking close. I think it was 1998 that we we had the most. It was about 1,500 aggravated assaults in in Salinas. Since then, we haven't had a year where we had a thousand. So. Overall, the number of violent acts in the city has, has gone down significantly, just as it has around the country. But the number of murders 
has continued to grow. Which is the, to, the most heinous violent yeah. act of well, all. Well, that's what's concerning to me because, again, being uh, growing up, I, I grew up in the, in the 90s. I was in the fucking east side, you know? What, like Creek Bridge East Side, no, though? No, fuck no. Oh, okay. Laurel, Laurel, Laurel <laughs> between... Across the plaza right here. Yeah, okay, yeah, right cool, cool. Just making sure. Laurel between Tout and Sanborn, dude. 1115 East Laurel. Go. Right by that little fucking pocket park. But at that time, gunshots at night, that was just it. It, yeah. it just happened. There was 10 shootings a night on the East Side. That, that was normal. There was 10 shootings in one night right now? Fuck! Everything, everyone was shut down. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But that was fucking normal back <laughs> what, then. Was it shootings or homicide? No, shootings. Exactly. Exactly. That was the thing back then. It was drive-bys. A bunch of drive-by shootings. Drive-by shootings are fucking dramatic, but there's very rarely any fucking victims. Um, but nowadays, that's what is concerning to me, is nowadays here in Salinas, people will walk up to people and assassinate them. You could say murder. It's a fucking assassination when you walk. They, they walk up to people and they shoot Make sure they're dead, and then they walk away. That was that was never, that was never the fucking case. And to me, and it's I guess it's controversial, but it's because they've cracked down so much on on organized crime. Back back in and again the nineties when somebody did get killed, it it literally was an assassination. Somebody fucked up, you know. Somebody was dealing drugs in the in the wrong fucking neighborhood. Somebody, you know, did something that was against the law or the rules that they fucking had. And it was organized crime. It was fucking organized, you know. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, there's no, there's no big shot callers in Salinas, you know. The FBI, there's an FBI fucking f- field office at the airport. You know, these motherfuckers, dude, I, had to, I think like, about two years ago I read a thing since the 80s. Uh, in Monterey County, they had done three wiretap surveillances on telephones um, since the 80s to, like, 2014. Since they opened that fucking, that little FBI field office at the airport that nobody even fucking talks about, that the city pays, like, a quarter million dollars a year to keep going. No one fucking talks about that shit. Um, they did 20 in the first fucking year. 20 wiretaps. They, they asked for 20 fucking... Uh, warrants or whatever you know from from judges to fucking tap. Where in from the years before that up until the eighties they had done three, fucking three. So when they did twenty, what what year was that? When they when it twenty fourteen twenty. Okay, I, I can't the past remember. two or three years. Yeah, yeah, and again, and so all the shot callers, all 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 the the big gangster dudes, they caught on. They they know the heat's on, so they're out in Madera now. They're out in Modesto, you know. They're they're out in Los Banos. They're they're out in. in Smaller cities that still has heavy fucking well again we're in Northern California but a heavy Norteño you know population where they still have their little foot soldiers around them um, and so there's no leadership here in Salinas which is just which is a lot of fucking free for all it's a, it's a, it's a, the, that, and, you, and when you say leadership you're talking about gang gang yeah, leadership gang leadership yeah again and I hate to say this about my town but you know I, I don't want to talk about it this way you know it's I'm like so openly and, and so candidly but but it's it's a reality here right you know? I, I don't think that on that doesn't define my town that's why we do this podcast right but it's a reality it's a reality to me I, I usually I would always and I, I have yet to actually like look into the numbers. I don't. I don't fucking have time to fucking you know really look into this. But it seems like there's always a surge in violence 
a week or two after there's a big, uh, you know, roundup. 15, 20 dudes get arrested, all shot callers. Now there's a power vacuum Do you feel like that's what's streets. happened in the past two weeks? Well, no. Again, to me, there's a. It, it's even bigger now. Again, Salinas has absolutely no... The organization of the organized crime is gone. So now there's just crime. There's just guys that know that they could walk up to somebody, kill them, and they they understand the social dynamics of the police and the citizens. Like I know the 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 city tries to pretend like oh they're just dumb gangsters or these people don't even know English so they don't know what's going on. Fuck no. People know that I can kill you in front of a cop and the person next to you is not going to say shit. It's not going to say shit. And they know that. And that that has given them balls, you know. To just walk. That's why they walk up. They park and they walk up. Do you and feel like the? And, and I'm I'm really just asking to get your opinion. I, I don't I don't know either. I haven't looked it up necessarily. Yeah. But do you feel like the absence of the gang task forces is, is contributing to the spike, or do you think they made it in effect in any way? I, I, I don't I don't think so. Um, I I'm uh, police really are, are a reactionary force. They're not very preventative. I, I do understand. Yeah, there had been. There's been. A, Several instances, I'm sure, where a guy's about to pull out a gun out of his waistband and rob a 7-Eleven, and he sees a cop, and he says, oh, shit, not right now. But usually the cops show up after a crime has been committed. Right. So, um, and, and the gang task force had one of these that was really, they were more instigators than anything. I've, 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 I've never arrested, I, was, I had a deal with, it was the, it was a, um, fuck, not violent suppression unit. But the Salinas police had a, a gang task force before the, the countywide one. And these dudes operate on... They, they don't operate under the, the same rules as some fucking beat cop, you know? They, they can... They are, they have, they're freer to get, you know, information in a different way, which I think serves to aggravate people, you know? So I, I don't think, you know, shutting down the gang task force had any, any effect on that. At, at, well, at the moment... <laughs> And I, I hate I hate to say that that somebody's not doing their job for political reasons, but the 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 Salinas the their union started the started coming out and saying, oh, the city's unsafe. The city's unsafe. And to me, it was like, huh? This seems like a weird fucking thing. Why now? Why why now? Like it there was it wasn't even a time around us a, a, a spike. You know, it was kind of quiet. And all of a sudden, they're at fucking Sherwood Park, and they're over here doing press conferences. Salinas is unsafe. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Well, these motherfuckers are, have been working without a contract since November. They're, right now, they're in a fight with the city to fucking, uh, to, for, their, for their contract. They're, they're fighting for a new contract. So as much as I, I hate to even think this, but, and I have, so I'm going to fucking say it. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I'm not going to hold it back, but it... They them the, the the beat cops themselves have kind of stepped it back and let let the the crime get loose, you know, and be like, look, see, this is why we need a ten percent raise. This and and again, I'm not saying that they shouldn't get a raise. I'm like, fuck, being a cop might be an impossible job, and if you can go to Hollister and make more money, fucking do it, because th- that's also what I've heard. Salinas PD does not have a recruitment problem. There is absolutely no issue for recruitment. You know, they, they re- recruit as many people as they want, but they have a retainment problem. For every 40 people they recruit, 
40 fucking people leave, either by retirement or they go to Gilroy, they go to Hollister, they go to Monterey, they go somewhere where they're going to make more money and not have to run around. And have you know. less crime to deal with. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so, so I, I think at, at the moment it might be a, a political issue. I, I think the, the police might be kind of sitting on their heels. And again, I, I hate to fucking admit that. Fuck, I know people that are cops, so I'm going to get some shit for this. But, um, <laughs> but it's just, uh, dude, that's how unions work. That's yeah. how it works. You know, hey. Follow the money. Yeah. We demand this. Well, we can't afford that. Cool. We're not going to do shit. See, see how it works without us. You know, that's how yeah. unions work. And then that's how you get people to the bargaining table. Um, so, I, again, I at the moment, that to me is a big red flag as to what the fuck's going on. Is That's one of those things that no one's talked about. Yeah. Well, I, I think I, I, what I think about with it, too, is um, I think about it with, with you know, news. And, and I would like to see the statistics and the data of how much actual crime has happened versus how much gets reported by the news. And when do we see a spike of that crime happening? And then the news reporting on it maybe more than they normally did. You know, is there, is there, is that, are they contributing to everyone's sense of Salinas is unsafe in the sense of reporting on stuff that usually already happens anyway, but if you don't report on it, people don't hear about it, and they don't think it's, it's not safe. You know what I mean? Well, and people really want to insulate themselves. I was actually just, just having this conversation. That one of the recent murders, one of the local reporters had a picture of the body. She got there, you know, just as the cops were putting up the tape, and she she wanted to post. That's what she that she she wanted her article to have the picture of the body, and of course the editors were like, "Fuck no, dude, you're not gonna fucking <laughs> do that shit." Like, what the fuck? So they ended up going with it was just the forearm, it was just the forearm and the hand of the guy. Well, people called the complaint. People called the complaint and said, "How can you fucking do that? This is fucking disturbing to me." And and the reporter was like, "Yeah." It is disturbing, and it should fucking be disturbing. Somebody got fucking murdered in your city. You know, you shouldn't... People insulate themselves. They read, they read an article, you know? 18-year-old got shot and killed. Well, that sucks. Back to my fucking Starbucks, you know? But if you see an 18-year-old lying in a fucking pool of blood with his fucking, like, face peeled off or something because he got fucking three bullets to the face, then it fucking gets real. You know, then it gets real. But people don't want to see that. People will fucking people will people will be protesting at the fucking newspaper if they fucking show that instead of fucking trying to trying to protest the fucking crime. Right. You know, they rather say insulate me from that. Don't show me the reality. Just tell me something mm-hmm. that I can be upset about. So when I talk with my friends and we're fucking gossiping, I can say, oh, this is fucking bad. You know. Ultimately, us as a society, we have to take responsibility. Sometimes, how many of us love to click on videos of fucking? Of grotesque, nasty shit, you know, just because it's there, yeah, you know, and um, and and I've I've heard that from other reporters as well. Is dude, we'll do a fucking a feel good story, and it'll get three thousand clicks. We'll do a shooting, it'll get fifteen thousand. Right. Well, what can we do about that? You know, like we can. Which kind of goes kind of goes back to my point about maybe there's incentive to to post these stories more, right? Because maybe maybe that already happened. Maybe it was already existing, and maybe these these crimes have already taken place. But now there's more incentive to post about them and, and share the story about them because they get more clicks or they get more coverage. And, and really, that's all 
the name of the game and you're a news industry, right? It's, it's a business, again. Well, yeah, see, that's what I think is, is that's, speaking of transition periods, you know, like, like with, with the cannabis laws, is we're at the same thing with news. Is they're, they're, they're trying to, there's a fine line between clicks that advertisers want and, and honest, or, you know, what, right, what, right. journalism. journalism. Yeah, yeah. What, what is considered old school journalism. Um, and well, when we had um, Claudia Melendez Salinas on the, she's a writer for the Herald. She was talking because I was telling her how to blogs and us like fuck, dude. I don't know what you think. You know, we don't see ourselves as reporters, you know, or journalists yeah. or anything. But she was like, no, there'll always be a need at the local level. You know, there'll always be a need at the local level. But unfortunately, the local level, the, on, the only way to survive is to fight for those clicks. So yeah, so dude, you go to no, I hate to call them out, but you go to KSBW, they have the little top five most popular articles. Number one's always the mugshots. Number one's always the fucking mugshot. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? You know, unless they caught like some serial killer or some shit, and it's just like some, their some analytics shit. say that that's what it should be. So that's what yeah. it has to do with anything. <laughs> yeah. So it's like again, fuck, dude. Like we we have to reset ourselves. Uh, what, we have what? to stop falling into this. And um, who is it? Google or Facebook? That's uh, they're they're tr- limit they're working an algorithm to limit clickbait articles. Could they know? should? There's so much bullshit on Facebook right now. I hope it's Facebook. Yeah, that's like I think all, it's all Facebook. Facebook is. Yeah, man. man. There's all kinds of fake shit. Yeah. If you fucking if you have on your Facebook feed what fucking Star Wars character you are, probably, <laughs> I, I'm talking shit about you, dude. I'm fucking. I'm not saying it's your face, but I'm talking shit about you. I'm like, I need to jump on my phone, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That's the most annoying shit. And then and then they try to get all fucking serious like three days later and shit. Oh, why does the government do that? Fuck you. Well, one thing I'm curious, just going back to Salinas, and then we can move on to it. But yeah. uh, on from it rather, I, I'm I'm curious, like if there's any data or any place that we can we can learn from in the sense of a place that had similar issues with gangs and, and young people being involved and everything else, and did they ever fix it? Is there any way that we can look at it and see that it, did it ever get fixed or kind of get fixed or is it just impossible to fix? I mean, has it has it happened? I've I've always wondered that myself. Um, as this, especially this being a, an area where so many gangs start again, depending on your history, the the northern structure started here, you know, way back in Market Street, way in the seventies and shit. So that's why I'm always like, dude, when are, are you ever gonna get the fucking Crips out of Compton? You know, right, yeah, are you ever gonna point. get the Latin Kings out of Chicago? Right. You know, can you ever really, really get rid of that? Um, and and. You you do see the, these stories. Ultimately, I I feel if we could diversify our economy, it, it, Salinas isn't really unique, dude. For every Monterey to in Salinas, there's a Santa Barbara and Santa Maria or Lompoc, or, or a Ventura and Oxnard. You know, there's there's the it, up and down the coast. That's what it ha- That's how it is. You know, even Santa Cruz and Watsonville. You know, even though Watsonville is a pretty fucking hip little tough. Felipe, dude, that fool's fucking bad. He's a badass <laughs> dude. Um, but, yeah, it, it always seems like that, you know. And, and all the workers, you know, all the, 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 the what is it, blue-collar employees work in this place. And they support the, this. The, it's, we're just a big support area, you know. Literally a giant labor camp. And I don't mean to be all fucking, you know, Romantic about it, but but that semitic was the one I was going for. But go ahead. <laughs> okay, the Jews and Jews can be involved as much as they want. I don't care. I was talking about concentration camps for some reason. <laughs> Anyways, 
No, so, um, but yeah, so, uh, I'm, I'm like, labor camps, that's right, I got it, my bad. Yeah. Anyways, anyways. Hella derailed, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what what point you were trying to make, too. Me too. That's that's how you know I was going on a fucking tangent. (laughs) Right? It definitely, cannabis has nothing to do with that, folks. Yeah, yeah, no, not, not at all. Um. No, but but again, a diversified economy for for Salinas would be awesome. We were just we were talking about retail on, on our Californian video podcast earlier, um, and you know we have retail and we have labor, you know, hospitality and ag here. I think it would be great if if kids that went to the fucking taquerias or Mexican restaurants on the east side were sitting next to CEOs of you know cannabis businesses or CEOs. Of you know whatever people that, companies that make apps or something you know it it makes it much more accessible you know when yeah. when they read about this Twitter guy selling a fucking business he created for four billion dollars it seems like fucking magic land you know yeah but if they're standing behind the the line at Super Taqueria uh, from this dude that's a, a multimillionaire and he's just again buying the same fucking burrito like dude that's my same fucking order <laughs> I, I, you know I think that that can really motivate the kids to be like you know. I could do this fucking simple shit. Go fucking go slang some coke in Chinatown and and have a fucking a brand new Camaro, or I could take this shit. I I like geometry, or I like history, or I like whatever the fuck it might be, and I could take it. I could make nowadays. You can make a YouTube channel. These motherfucking dudes are oh my god. Yeah, you millionaires. You know. So imagine if you're in Salinas and you're you're behind again. You're you're in line at the fucking Farm Fresh Deli. With this guy that's a fucking YouTube celebrity. Like, all this dude is does is make silly videos on YouTube, and he makes $4 million a year. You know, like, you ain't going to do that shit fucking out there banging on fucking Garner and Del Monte. You know, and, and kids are smart. Kids, they'll automatically go to that. If that's the cool thing, if that's the hip fucking thing, then that's what they'll do. But that, there's, no, there's no kind of diversity like that in Salinas. Right. You know, the, these... Fucking these executives from Taylor Farms that are in this shiny new forty million dollar building across the street—they're not fucking. They're not shopping on the east side, you know. They're, they're not. They're not going to fucking the crab shack on the north side, you know. They 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 still stay in their insulated suburban communities, and it it makes the the people that that can reach up to their level make it feel like that that's a fucking concrete ceiling, you know. Right. So I think, again, if we could diversify our economy here in this town and show anybody, you know, that, dude, it's, it's, you can make money a million different kind of ways now. You know, and just mm-hmm. because you're from Salinas doesn't mean you have to fall into this fucking category. And I think that in itself, you know, you don't need fucking after school programs. You don't need to fucking put these dudes in tennis classes or fucking take them to Pebble Beach to go golf and shit. Like, nah, dude, show them some real fucking results. It, it's... It's it's a lot better for the community instead of just spending a hundred thousand dollar grant on a fucking two year program. It's a lot better to fucking again lower a tax rate for for an industry and and help that industry flourish locally. Right. And then mo- that's how you motivate kids. You know, instead of only being able to reach out to however many the grant lets you, l- let it be open to anybody. You know, again. You- you're you're here putting your information on our podcast. Whoever the hell listens to this podcast is digesting that information. You know, maybe somebody could be like, "Holy shit!" Like, 
I, I could be Joey, you know, I could be Joey. I, I could be out there, you know, going going to, to you know, Coalinga to these places, you know, walking around with people making the decisions. Like, it's that easy. Right. You know, we're, we're dude, here on this podcast, we're not some fucking professional ass dudes. We're, we're here sitting here <laughs> drinking beers on fucking $300 equipment, you know? And um, anybody could do it, you know? So I think uh, that's that would be huge for this city. Yeah. If we could have a lot more people, again, like you, like, and uh, you know, or anybody at the farmer's market, you know, people that are just... This, this cottage type industry, you know, like, hey, dude, there is so much money to be made now, um, and you don't have to do it by fucking again selling drugs or fucking. Fuck, growing up, I knew a dude that gave five hundred bucks to fucking firebomb cars. That was his fucking job, dude. He get five hundred bucks a car from a gang, and that's what he would do. He had a regular job just because he was bored, but he he would make his fucking money firebombing cars for five hundred dollars a car, you know. Like, dude, you know, you have to find a way to combat that, you know, and you're not, yeah. this fucking dude is not, you're not going to put him in some fucking cooking program and he's not going to change his life. Yeah, know? I think it goes back to supply and demand, right? There's there's a demand for jobs. Yeah. And there's, there's not supply much of supply. Firebombing a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> there's not as a lot demand of supply that. for those jobs, yeah. right? But there's a lot of demand for those jobs. So what do kids do? They yeah. figure out how to meet that demand. Right, whether that's joining a gang and selling drugs in Chinatown, or firebombing shit, firebombing shit, or whatever it may be. Yeah. So, no, again and, and again, I could fucking wax poetically about this shit forever because <laughs> this is what I get high and think about. Um, but, but yeah. But anyway, I mean, I don't want to derail too too much off topic. And yeah, no, my I, bad. I, I kind of started well, no, it off. Thanks for bringing that up. I, I, I mean, I that, that's what I like. You know, guests to yeah. We're Salinas. We're Salinas, we are Salinas underground. Right. I mean, you know? and I'm I'm born and raised in Salinas. You know, I've been here my whole life. Uh, you know, I graduated Salinas High School, all that. So it, it's something that affects me, and something that I think affects all yeah. of us. So it's just something I wanted to hear what you guys had to say about basically, and and just throw it out there. Jeez. Yeah, that's my abridged version. Telling you, <laughs> my back's all sweating and shit. Like, oh, Don't get him started, man. Don't get him started. Yeah. No, but uh, you know, and uh, going back to the cannabis thing, I think that's you know that 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 is a good thing that we're bringing this into the community that we're we're accepting it now. To to your point about diversifying things here and adding new industries, and I mean, let's face it, this this cannabis industry it's new, it's exciting. A lot of people have been waiting for this to happen. A lot of people believe in this, and we're gonna see what happens. You know, we're gonna see what happens here in Salinas and. Monterey, Greenfield. I mean, it's crazy. And now Hollister as well is is in the process of working on their their ordinance as well. I'll be probably going there on Monday. They have another city council meeting regarding medical cannabis. Well, fuck before or after Chevron. Uh, right. You said Monday, right? <laughs> Monday, yeah. Yeah. Damn, gotta be there all day, yeah. even though <laughs> we won't be. <laughs> but anyway, so you can they can find Monterey Normal on Facebook. MontereyCountyNormal.org or MontereyCountyNormal.org. Get get involved. I'm sure there's like a volunteer or sign up for an email. Is whatever the hell it is. Right. Get involved. Um, this is really it's going to affect. Uh, even if you don't, if even if you don't, you know, ingest cannabis in any way, it's going to affect you. Once right. it once it goes into the general fund. It really affects everybody, so you, you're going to want to be at least knowledgeable as to what's going on. And if you do have the time, you can go out to, to meetings, go out, you know, make your voice heard, um, and yeah, just share your opinion. Really, you know, you you can sit there and complain and say, "Oh, 
the media is biased or the fucking government's bought out or whatever. But ultimately, we still live in a, in a democracy where your voice can be heard. Or you could at least yell into a mic for two fucking minutes, you know? <laughs> Make your fucking self feel there's plenty of people that do that that I've I've seen. There's 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 like token old guys that will show up and yeah. Uh, one in particular, he always comes up and he's like, "Marijuana is crap. This is crap. We can cure cancer. We can cure it now with many other ways." It's hilarious, but uh, he says it's crap. But we can cure cancer. He says the like f- there's other ways to cure it. You don't you don't need you don't need cannabis. Like it's, oh, it, that's crap. Like yeah. yeah. But I I just want to say to people, you know. Again, going back to Prop two, Prop 64 uh, is the adult use bill that will be on the ballot November 8th for people to vote on in the state of California. Again, most people probably won't do this, but I highly encourage you to read the full text. Um, 64 pages. See what you think about it. See if you disagree with it or if you, if you agree with it. Another thing you can do is, um, I can't remember the exact name, but I think it's Friends, Friends of AUMA, A-U-M-A. Um, on Facebook, and then also I think there's something along the lines of no on AMA, right? So my point is go to see both sides. See the people who are saying vote no on it, hear what they have to say. People who say vote yes on it, hear what they have to say, and then come to your own conclusion. Yeah. Um, definitely encourage people to do that. But we do have the opportunity to, to pass recreational or adult use cannabis in California for the first time, and I think that will be a very big opportunity for us to continue the momentum of cannabis reform and legalization. Um, California, I believe, is like the sixth seventh eighth maybe ninth largest economy in the world so that's going to be a pretty big deal if that happens and then on the local level monterey county the city of salinas the city of greenfield um these cities are all going to be voting on the cannabis taxation component as well so you'll have the opportunity to vote yes or no on that um and if you are too lazy to read the document which most people are feel free to reach out to monterey county normal and we can try to help facilitate this for you and, and, and give you quick insight on it so you don't have to read everything but again always encourage you to think for yourself and read yourself fuck yeah hell yeah all right joey Th- thanks again for coming on and you you're more than welcome you already know it's your second time on Whatever yeah the hell you want to come back on and he talk about it, it. Yeah. yeah no i think i mean <laughs> the next right, the next thing is going to be maybe you know fucking december or january election. after yeah, the yeah, election after let's the see election. what happens how did, how did the voting go down you know that's through man that's probably going to be it so i yeah. appreciate it guys yeah so again thanks again and and you know reach out fucking learn man read mm-hmm. some shit <laughs> see y'all next week yeah, good peace one.